0: Welcome, or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence A Roots Base, Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, on the Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode. Doubleheader night! and ask me questions if I was confusing. When the Cubs have the night off, and the other four teams in the division have doubleheaders against each other, it's a nice, relaxing night of, really, nothing much is going to go wrong tonight. Regardless what it was, the Cubs were sitting at home waiting for Cleveland to show up, and... Regardless the outcomes of the game, it's going to help the Cubs. Starting with the Reds and the Pirates, the Reds came from behind twice to win both games of the doubleheader, so if you are looking for any help from the Pirates, it did not arrive. The Reds and Pirates have games the next two nights. I would imagine the Pirates and Diamondbacks lead the procession of teams who get eliminated as per the Cubs, presumably starting tomorrow. And starting tomorrow, teams will pretty much start dropping out every day or every other day. In fact, I will get to the magic numbers a bit later, but I want to talk briefly about the cardinals Brewers doubleheader. Both games went extra innings. First game was scoreless through seven. St. Louis scored one in the eighth. Milwaukee scored two in the bottom of the eighth and one in walk-off fashion. In the nightcap, St. Louis ended up scoring late to tie the game to send it into extras. And then St. Louis scored one in the ninth. Milwaukee got two runners on in the ninth with nobody out. And then a double play ball and a strikeout ended it. So the Brewers are now, well, both teams won a game and lost a game. And however it works out, however it works out between the Cardinals and the Brewers, it's not a, ooh, I didn't want it to work out that way. Both teams are getting pushed. Both teams are getting extended. The Cardinals were using Tyler Webb as their closer. Think about that for a moment. Tyler Webb was the Cardinals' closer. You're probably not familiar with Tyler Webb. He's probably not the guy they wanted to be their closer walking into the year. But that's where they are now. Because the one thing about the Cardinals that really confuses me I'll get to this in a second thanks so much for you guys listening i've been checking the numbers on the podcast from today and it was a day off but nonetheless you guys have still been listening it's been wonderful hopefully you hit follow hit share hit retweet hit like hit all that kind of stuff and uh continue listening i really do appreciate it i hope you didn't mind too much the around the dial episode from earlier today the Brewers, Christian Jelic in the second game of the doubleheader struck out three times, swinging. If you want to have something scary to look at. Now, first off, remember the Brewers really are not that well heeled. They can't chase that much talent, their payroll is going to be limited. Their payroll was going to be limited before COVID. Now with COVID, it's going to be really difficult for them to say, okay, we're going to go out and drop five years and 23 million per on a starting pitcher. It's going to be really hard for them to do that. And their pipeline isn't that good yet. It's not vacant. It's not that they don't have anybody it's just not up to league standards. Look at Christian Yellich's contract. This year, it's not bad. Next year, it's not bad. However, if he is anywhere near the guy that he is now for the next six or seven or eight years, that is going to be a crushing contract for Milwaukee. As good as he looked in 2018 and 2019, he's looking terrible in 2020. And unless something changes and he reverts back to form, that is going to be a horrible contract. And as you contemplate how horrible of a contract that could possibly be, that is why the Cubs executives have been very hesitant to hand out hefty extensions to veterans, veterans from other teams, veterans from their own teams, from their own team. The whole concept of give Chris Bryant a seven-year extension because he's been really good the last years. (sighs) Look at Christian Yelich's contract. You can find it on Baseball Reference. It's like twenty. $8 for six years in a row or something like that. (sighs) Wow, that could be harmful. Speaking of harmful, the Cardinals. I was noting yesterday, or today, or both, that one of their relievers, John Gant, recently suffered a groin injury. Groin injuries aren't really good for anybody in the entire universe. For athletes, they're bad. For relief pitchers, they're certainly no better than the other average athlete. So much of what a pitcher is trying to do is generate leverage in the (laughs) groin area. (laughs) Uh... John Gant has a groin injury, and he is not on the injured list. How can a pitcher have a groin injury and not go on the injured list? I know that it's not too terribly long until the season ends, and I know that, you know, et cetera, et cetera, whatever, and they might not have a whole lot of guys who are better than him in the minor leagues or whatever, but John Gant has a groin injury, and he's on the active roster. You would think a team like the Cardinals would have someone at the alternate training site, which is closing this weekend, someone at the alternate training site who has, oh, the ability to show up and uh, represent, oh, a a 7.5 ERA over the next 10 days. Call him up. Use him. This guy has a sore groin. He's not going to pitch. But they have him on the roster. So uh, the Brewers and the Cardinals were, the first game was a definite pitcher's duel and the Brewers used both Josh Hader and Devin Williams, who are very good relievers, as their leverage guys to push it to the eighth inning. Both went one inning each. In the second game, since they had both been used already, when it got to closer time, they went to Eric Yardley, their third leverage reliever. He was fine in the first inning, but then he came back out in the next inning and kind of coughed up the lead. So note to self, Eric Yardley in his second inning of work may not be closer good. Both St. Louis and and Milwaukee have some serious concerns. Milwaukee's fifth hitter against right-handed pitchers continues to be Dan Vogelbach. Wow. Wow. I don't know that Dan Vogelbach should be tendered as far as held through to next season. Whether he should be or not, he's batting fifth for the Brewers against right-handed pitchers. Maybe they'll switch in Billy McKinney for him, I don't know. Uh, Both the Brewers and the Cardinals have some problems, short-term and long-term. Magic numbers. Cardinals, 12. Brewers, 8. Cubs, 12. To reach the postseason, the magic number is seven. How did I come by seven? I counted, uh, I listed the magic numbers for the Cubs across the league against all the teams. I disregarded the seven highest magic numbers, leaving the seven lowest magic numbers. And the numbers are as follows Giants seven, Rockies six. Diamondbacks 2, Pirates 1, Reds 7, Nationals 5, Mets 7. So the Cubs to win the division, the magic number is 12. The Cubs to win second place and get the postseason berth for that is 8. The Cubs to eliminate all the other seven teams with the lowest magic numbers, that would be 7. So the the Cubs magic numbers are, as of right now, 12, 8, and 7. If any of those numbers end up hitting zero, the Cubs are in. The higher up the list the zero gets, the better for the Cubs. And looking at the way the Brewers and the Cardinals are playing out, and they're going to have to play eight more games before the season ends. Wow. That's going to be tough. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon, as Circumstances Warrant. I'll attempt to have that one worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs go. And be nice to people.